Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Infinite Potential of Being Human podcast, a space where we will be revealing what is it that is getting in the way of our potential as human beings, as a species, diving into a deep inquiry into body-mind consciousness, our way of being on the planet today, and our current relationship with our reality and with reality itself. My name is Nikki Clinch. I am your host. I will be sharing the science, research, and evidence, and coming into this podcast from the paradigm of ontology, looking at why you are the way you are, not as a you problem, but looking at it from the context of a human problem. This is not about you. This is about being human. My intention is that in this podcast, you will discover so many blind spots that are running you and your life and how reality is unfolding and that you can start to experience yourself as part of the human species rather than just an individual stuck in a story trying to solve your own problems. This is the time now on our planet to remember and embody and realize our infinite potential as a species. If you wanna dive even deeper beyond this podcast, you can download our 21 days of expansion, 21 powerful body-mind ontological activations, meditations for you to be able to work with your own rewiring and neural pathways to be able to create a fundamental shift in how you experience yourself, how you experience your reality and the way in which you are a co-creator in the world that you are getting. So just hit the link below to download 21 days and that can be yours starting now. But for now, let's dive into this podcast, The Infinite Potential of Being Human. I am so excited for you to explore and inquire and receive all the teachings and richness and education of the episodes ahead. Thank you so much. I'm Nikki Clinch. I'm delighted to be here with you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Infinite Potential of Being Human podcast. My name is Nikki Clinch, and I am your host. It's wonderful to be back here with you as always. And welcome back to our regular listeners, and welcome to those of you who are new here. It's always wonderful to have you new people showing up in the space and entering this conversation, which of course is relatable to all of us because we are all part of the human species. This podcast is focusing on teaching from an ontological paradigm, from the paradigm of the being of human being, you, me, us, all of us. I guess the gift of allowing that in is having moments of really experiencing that we are part of the human species, which allows us to be free for even a moment from that suffering that so many of us go through, that we are somehow the problem, that we are somehow separate, that we are somehow individuals suffering from our individual stories only, and we are the worst ones and we're not working it out. And it's all me, me, me. 
rather than we and us. So I hope that every time you listen to an episode here, that's the very least gift that can be offered to you from this space. Uh, And I hope that that's just the basic gift, the basic borderline foundation of what I can commit and intend that you will receive by listening to these episodes. But when you do let that in, that's a profound moment because that instantaneously liberates us from the loneliness and the separation of thinking that we are the problem to expanding us and connecting us in the vastness and the hugeness and the enormity of seeing, oh, it's not personal. This is ontological. This is part of our human species. And if you are struggling with it, we are struggling with it because if you are human, this relates to you. And not only is that comforting and liberating, but the invitation to outgrow it and mature and evolve is for all of us, united, collectively. And that, that's an exciting invitation. In fact, that's what makes me get up in the morning and want to do anything that I do. We are in a time on this planet where the invitation is so much greater than just what are you going to do about your life and about life, but what are we going to do as a species? How are we going to evolve as a species? How are we going to mature as a species? The, The whisperings are in the field of a possibility of a new kind of human being, one that we have the opportunity to mature into and create and intend. Now, when when we are willing to dance with that extraordinary intention and vision, simultaneously that is also an intention and a vision to shift the world that we have because the world out there and who we are being is infinitely connected. In fact, they are not separate. They bring each other into existence at the same time. And you can get all that deeper information and teachings ontological teachings from any of the episodes before this one. If you are new and you haven't listened to them yet, please go, go and binge, (laughs) binge on all the episodes before this. (laughs) Please do. Okay. Let's dive into this week's episode. The title and the name of this podcast is the infinite potential of being human. So at the very least, I think it's only fair that I speak about some of the words that are in that name. So today's episode is is focusing on looking at potential. And actually, even deeper, let's take this deeper, redefining or reestablishing a new relationship that we can have with this word, this thing, but it's not a thing, this invitation of potential, potentiality, redefining, rebirthing, reestablishing a new paradigm, a new context of potential. One that accesses another level of power and creativity 
and aliveness that is not just a you personal issue, but the potential that we can access and that is the is inviting us to access as a species. So redefining potential and do we even dare realize it? I say it that way because we live in a world where the word potential is thrown around all over the place because we are addicted and obsessed with trying to achieve things and get things and get somewhere. And yet, what actually is this phenomenon of potential? And and is it really just about whether you can find it or get it or activate it or realize it, or is it a collective invitation? And if we really let that invitation in, getting really ruthlessly and compassionately honest with ourselves, are we more afraid to realize our potential than if we don't? More often than not, I hear a lot of people saying, that this is the year that they will realize their potential. But actually, the level of terror and fear and resistance that there is to really take that on as a responsibility is huge. So the title of this episode is Redefining Potential and Do We Dare to Even Realize It? Do We Dare? Realizing potential is more than just achieving more things. It is inviting a complete paradigm shift of who you are being. It is an invitation to shift the paradigm of being human, which simultaneously allows us to access another level of creativity and power to create. I'm not going to go any further in that one. I'm going to come back to that one and and do a deep dive on it. So potential, what even is it? And do we dare? Now, firstly, let me establish what potential is not. Reminding everybody here that I am speaking and teaching from the paradigm of ontology. I am bringing the a parad- an ontological paradigm into the wrestling of these questions and the inquiry of these questions. I don't mean potential in means of ability. Most people will think that achieving or reaching your potential means that somehow you will finally have accessed all kinds of ability that you have in you that you haven't been using. Wouldn't you say that that feels even close to accurate? One day I will reach my potential, which means that I will finally access the the abilities that I have in me that I am not using. I remember, God, I remember being at school and I was always the one that had the, the school report with, the, with at least one teacher saying, Nikki has so much potential, but she's far from using it. Now, 
I just immediately remember how instantly I would hear that and feel immediately like a failure. There's something that I am meant to have that I am not using and therefore I'm doing something wrong. Therefore I am wrong, which of course then feeds the whole survival story. Who I am is, is wrong, which of course brings you even further away from being able to realize potential. That is an issue that's so rampant on our planet, you know, and it happens in so many ways. This, this passive undercurrent of labeling and insinuating that who you are is not quite living up to something. And yet you don't know what that something is, but you do know that you're not doing it. And therefore you are wrong which feeds into the undercurrent of anxiety that comes with the human condition. If you listen to the episode that I spoke about before this one on trust versus control, feeds into that anxiety and then the mind attaches a focus to that anxiety that the, the very thing that you're afraid of and the anxiety is running on is you. you. And you better work it out. You better work out you but you don't quite know what it is you need to work out, but you know it's something and you know whatever it is, is that is the wrong way. And then you use your whole life trying to work out what it is that you don't really know what it is, but whatever it is, is that it's wrong and, and it's you. And can you hear how personal that is? Can you hear how, how personal that is? It's only you and it's personal to you and you better work it out, but you're already failing. So what I don't mean when I say potential is in means of ability, like as if you have all kinds of ability that you aren't currently using and therefore you're failing and you better work out how to use these abilities that you apparently have. But here's a blind spot. People don't have abilities. If we had abilities, where exactly are they? Where are they stored? Really? Like take a moment, slow down and really try to locate where your abilities are stored. The ability to sing. Can you put your hand anywhere of where it is stored. The ability to write a book. Can you hold it? Can you find it anywhere? The ability to build a cabin. Can you take your hands and place it somewhere on you where that ability is stored? You can't because it's, it's, it's nowhere. You don't have it. But we live under the blind spot, led by the blind spot, defaulting as if we do, and we're not accessing it. So we have it, but we're not reaching it and we're not using it. And therefore we're failing. We don't have any abilities. We don't have abilities. 
that is an illusion. It's a kind of a collective blind spot in our species that we don't really ask too many questions about. We just kind of get on with it and as if it's just the way it is. And actually that is the definition of a blind spot anyway. So I'm not speaking about abilities that are somehow temporarily hidden in you that you can one day, one day, someday use, but until then you're failing and you're missing something that you already have, but you can't find it. <laughs> and you think it's only you. <laughs> I'm laughing because it's absolute insanity. It's insanity because you think it's only you and everybody around you thinks it's only them. And everybody knows something is there that they can't get, but they don't know what it is and they can't find it anywhere. <laughs> Welcome to the human species, everybody. <laughs> so the first blind spot to distinguish is that we, as a species, you, me, people, we actually don't have abilities at all. Because if we did, we would be able to access it or find it or, or access where it is stored that we have it. So I'm not speaking about abilities in that context from that blind spot. So what do I mean? What do I mean? When you look up the word potential, I just looked it up before this episode. This is from the Oxford Language Dictionary. Potential is having or showing the capacity to develop into something in the future. That's the adjective. And then the noun, latent qualities or abilities. There we go. There's that illusion again, that may be developed and led to future success. Oh, this is very interesting. The future has shown up in both these definitions. So potential has something to do with the future. So what I mean is our ability to create the future. Accessing our potential is our ability to create the future, but there are different kinds of future. So what is the future? Now, if you go back and you listen to the episode that I recorded on time, the, in fact, the future doesn't exist. And we live in a blind spot that time is linear. There's the past back there and the middle is now and then the future is over there ahead of us. But that's a blind spot because there is no future. There's only now. The past is gone. There's no past except stored in the memory bank of the mind. And there is no future, but we live as if there is based on a picture that we see and we're somehow aiming for as if it's somewhere ahead of us. So as always, let me distinguish what is not the future. More often than not, we as a species, 
and this is connected to the episode on time, we live as if the future is the one that you're thinking about and aiming at somewhere ahead of you out there. The one that you're thinking about and aiming at somewhere ahead of you and out there. But that actually can't be the future because it already exists in your mind. And everything in the mind is the past. So the best that that kind of future can and will ever give you is an improvement of the past. The past dressed up in better clothing or a reaction to the past, meaning I was abandoned as a child and now I'm going to do the opposite and make sure that I have everything other than being abandoned. The past is still defining the future. So it's not future at all. In fact, it's the past that's been improved. If you are thinking about it and aiming for it, that actually can't be the future because it already exists in your own mind, given by the known, which is the past, which essentially is given to you and shaped by everything that you know and everything you've been conditioned by that you're somehow trying to get away from or improve. So that's not the future. That's the past with improvements. And really, if we go deeply into this inquiry, that's what we've been doing on our planet and individually for generations and generations and generations. If you think about it, really think about it. How much of who we've been being in this generation is given to us by the history that has shaped us, that somehow it's either an overcompensation or a reaction to the past? Thinking that we're creating a new future, but we're really just reacting to the past and letting the past define who we're being now. And most of the time it's unconscious and most of the time it is a complete blind spot, which means that we don't have any real power over it. Was whatever is unconscious will live our life. In, in fact, it will create our world. So most often people are aiming for their future from the context of past and the past is coloring what they see that they call the future, what you, it may be you, you call the future. And yet every step you take into the future, you are bringing the past with you. So it's not actually the future at all. It's just the past that looks a little better sometimes, except we can't even say that now when you look at what's happening on the planet. So that's actually not the future, but we live in an illusion as if it is. In fact, we live in a hopefulness as if it's enough, as if it's going to somehow be 
different enough, creative enough. And sometimes it is, I don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with improvements. In, in fact, improvements are really, really important, but don't confuse improvements with freedom. It's not the same. So there's another kind of future and it's the one that you are willing to allow it to come into existence without knowing at all in advance of how or what it can look like. I want to dive into the distinction between a picture and a vision. Most often when we are aiming for the future, you know, we, we do vision boards and we have pictures in our mind. We put, we put images up on our walls that quite literally are pictures. We have a picture in our mind of what we're aiming at. But a picture, firstly, is, is given to you by everything that is stored in the memory bank and the image bank of your mind, which is nothing new, quite literally nothing new. And also a picture is always out there. It's always somewhere out there that you have to aim for and get to. But do you notice that you never quite fully get there? And also the picture is static. It's stagnant. It's fixed. There's no aliveness in a picture. If I'm literally looking at the picture of myself hugging my son up on my wall and it's a picture of a moment of aliveness that can only happen in the present moment, but the picture itself is not alive. So often we are aiming for pictures as if that is alive and as if that is something that is new of future, but it's not. It's an image created by everything you know from your past that's just conditioned and absorbed and in the memory bank. And so you're then working with something that is static and fixed that is always out there. And if it is always out there, it's not here and now. And it's based on the known, which means it's not alive and it's not new. It's also not creation. When I did the podcast episode of On Time, I said that creation can only happen in the present moment of now. Creation is only creation if it's being birthed and born from nowness. If we're working with pictures that we're aiming for and get to get to somewhere out there, we're working with what is already known and we're working with memories and there's no creation in a memory. A memory is mechanical. So what is another kind of future? A future that you're willing to be responsible for and to commit to being the creator of, or co-creator of, because you're creating with life, 
or the universe or source or whatever you want to call it, this universal field of aliveness, of life force, a future that you are willing to be responsible for and commit to being the co-creator of its existence into reality. But it's being created from the unknown in the unknown from now and only in nowness. A future that you are committed to, but you can't see and you don't know that empty abyss that I spoke about in the last episode, that we as human beings are so resistant to being with and being responsible for, that infinite emptiness, that unknownness, some people may call it the void, I would call it space, field, emptiness. Zen masters will say, before the emptiness, before liberation comes emptiness. First emptiness, then liberation. A future that we are committed to, and yet we're committing to something that we cannot see, we cannot hold, it does not fit or come from anything we already know, and yet we are we still willing to commit to it 100% to being the co-creator of its existence into reality, moment by moment. And you can't know ahead of time, but you're still willing to commit to. Knowing what that future could make possible without knowing what that possibility will look like. You can have anything you want, as long as you're willing to let go of the picture of what it's meant to look like. Most people, when they're stepping into their maturation in our programs, will come up against the limitations of what their current story gives them. That stepping beyond that is so unknown, so unholdable, so untangible, so invisible, that they would rather stay in the box than to step into that complete abyss. But when they do, it comes from the ability to commit to something, a future that you are wanting to commit to, yet you cannot see or know how or what it's going to look like, and yet you're willing to commit to being the co-creator of its existence into reality anyway. When people are coming to the programs from that place, from that context, huge metamorphoses start to happen. So you can hear potentiality is not something to hold or to have or to find or even that you can lose. It is a way of being. It is a commitment to a way of being human in relation with the universal flow of life. It requires an extraordinary amount of responsibility. In fact, if you're really willing to commit to the future that you say you want, are you ready to be responsible for that? I'll use an example. You want to write a book. We're speaking to a few people right now who are, who are coming into listening to life. They want to write a book. Right. So who 
Are you willing and ready to commit 100% to who you need to be and to what it requires, the paradigm shift that is required in order for you to grow into the human being that is the published writer of that book? None of that is tangible. None of that fits inside what is already known. None of it is something you can hold on to. And yet, are you willing to commit to it anyway and show up moment by moment of nowness from a new commitment and a new way of being and a new level of responsibility? When I was in Two years ago, I went to Necker Island. I was invited to go to Necker Island to participate in uh, a women in leadership mastermind and training, um, entrepreneurial mastermind with Richard Branson on Necker Island. 40 of us women leaders on the planet all got gathered together to go to this glorious paradise and work with Richard Branson there, really about being responsible for a new future. And we were in this one mastermind session where everybody was able to ask Richard some questions. Now, everybody else was asking questions like wanting to ask about strategy or wanting to ask about decision-making or wanting to ask something tangible that they could hold on to. Of course, typical me. I was really interested to discover the answer to this question. And I I wanted to ask this question because how often do I get to sit in a room with someone who has the level of leadership power and connections as Richard Branson? He literally had been telling us stories about how he was able, he quite literally picked up the phone to Saddam Hussein before the Americans invaded Iraq to negotiate with him for a different solution. He would pick up the phone to Nelson Mandela. He would pick up the, literally, he could just pick up a phone and have access to some of the biggest leaders or the biggest leaders and most powerful people on the planet. So it it was an extraordinary moment for me to be able to, to bring an inquiry to someone who had that amount of power. And I mean power like connection. I don't mean power like the ability to create the future. So I asked him this question. We seem to be on the cusp of a huge paradigm shift in humanity. What possibilities do you see for change on our planet in relation to this paradigm shift? Now, he kind of paused for a moment and he didn't seem to know how to answer my question. So he started to list things that tangibly needed to change. We need to stop going into war. We need to take care of climate change. We need to do this. We need to do that. He was listing all the tangible, hold on to a bull and known ways that make a lot of sense that need to change. I was slightly dissatisfied with the answer. And I'll tell you why. I actually went, I I looked dissatisfied and he looked at me and he said, you look dissatisfied with my answer. Is there something that I'm not answering? And I said, well, we all seem to know what the right thing to do is. 
Like we know that war is really ineffective and we should stop doing it. We know what we need to do in order to take care of our planet. We know all the things that you just listed and yet we don't do it. Why is that? Why is it that even when we know what is the right and wrong way, we still are repeating the same mistakes that we have been repeating for decades and decades and decades. So he looked at me again and he said again, he started listing again all the things that needed to change. We have to change this and we really have to do that and da, da, da. But it wasn't really answering the question that I wanted to look at. So I said to him, don't you think the one consistent piece is that in all the areas that you just listed that are problems that we need to solve and we know what the right thing to do is and yet we don't do it, are being run by human beings. And everyone in the room looked at me like I was a crazy person. (laughs) Richard Branson looked at me like I was a crazy person. And I just let it go. I let it go. But I'm bringing it into this episode now because what kind of human being do you need to be to be present to an emergent future that you are willing to commit to 100% and yet you have no idea how to do it, you have no idea what it will look like, and you are willing to commit anyway to the co-creation of its existence into reality? The change that needs to happen is not in the doing. It's in where the human being is coming from. What kind of human being do you need to be in order to have this kind of relationship with an emergent future, a birthing creation of newness every moment by moment of your life, led by an unshakable, non-negotiable commitment. And you look at everything we've discussed in all the episodes before this, how much self-responsibility it takes, how much humility and compassion it takes, how much education it takes to really look at what's been running us in the first place, to outgrow who we think we even are, to be responsible for how much our past has been and is running the entire survival mechanism that we call me. To be responsible for our own maturation, to outgrow those the limitations of an old way of being human that plummets us into a new paradigm of being human. And from that new place to stand, the willingness and the ability to create and commit, to commit to a future that you want and you feel called by, to being the co-creator of its existence into reality, no matter what it takes. You can have anything you want from the future 
if you're willing to give up what you think it should look like. And this is our potential. This is one of the most profound, potent pieces of potential that we as a species have. We have the ability to be in relationship with the universal flow of life and alchemize it into 3D matter, into reality. We're already doing it. In fact, the 3D reality that there is, is being 100% generated by from where the human being is seeing and and generating from, except 99% of it on the planet is from an unconscious context, a blind spot, which means there's no real power and commitment. In fact, the real truth is every single one of us is 100% committed to something, you're committed to the world that you're getting. And most of the time that is given to you as a reaction bite to your past. So what kind of paradigm shift is required in order to shift that commitment and that's our potential. And I, I, I think that that's why we have such a fear to realize our potential, because it is such an extraordinary responsibility. It's such an extraordinary amount of power to become access to that universal flow of life moving through us and being responsible for it to create the future the co-creator of future. That is a completely new way to be on this planet. That's a new kind of human being, but that is our potential. So I'm going to leave you with that. Go to your journals. And as always, just journal stream of consciousness, everything that's there for you, just from listening to this, it might've riled up a lot of stuff. Maybe you're activated, whatever it is, just write it all down. And then when you come to a still place, Ask yourself this, what have I already been 100% committed to that has given me the world that I have? It's a tough one because it requires 100% self-responsibility. What have I already been committed to that has given me the reality that I have? And how much of my past has been driving it. And then ask another question. Who do I need to be in order to commit to a new kind of future, an emergent future that is being birthed and born from the complete unknown that I can't hold on to, that I can't see yet, And yet I'm willing to commit to it 100% anyway. Who would I even need to be? And what future would that be? My vision is for human beings to come home to being. I am so committed to that vision. And yet it is nothing that it can be held onto or it's nothing tangible. I can't reach it. There's no particular image that would ever 
saying, oh, that's what it is. And yet every day of my life, that vision gets me up in the morning and I am 100% committed to living from it and being it and being the co-creator of this into reality. In fact, it is a an extraordinarily worthwhile way to use one's life. And everything that we create in this company is in service of that vision, including this podcast. The way that I am with my children, the way that I am with myself is led by that vision. It's not what you do, it's who you're being. So I hope that you found this episode inspiring, useful, helpful in any way. If you have, please do share it. Share it with anybody that you think that this would serve or help. Remember, this is not a you problem. This is a human problem. And if you want to support the podcast, please do go to Spotify or Apple and give us a star rating and head over to Apple and give us a written review. And really, the best thing you can do is just share it with as many people as you can. The more listens that we have, the more people this spreads to. And this is a collective invitation for all of us. So thank you so much for listening. I love being here with you. I look forward to being here with you again next week. This is the Infinite Potential of Being Human podcast. I'm Nikki Clinch. Thank you all so much. That's it, folks. Thank you so much for listening to the Infinite Potential of Being Human podcast with myself, Nikki Clinch, as your host. If you want to ensure that you experience a fundamental shift, not just in how you are living your life, but in who you are being in it, a paradigm shift in who you are being starting now, please download our 21 days of expansion activation process. 21 activations for 21 days of body, mind, ontological activations for you to be able to work with you both in the experiential aspects of your body and the wiring of your neural pathways in your mind. You can own this for the rest of your life and create that shift starting now. From this place, you can discover the infinite potential of being human and the aspects of the power and the aliveness that is waiting for you to discover it and realize it now. So download the link below to access your 21 days of expansion and let us know how those shifts start landing in your world. Thank you so much for listening. This is the Infinite Potential of Being Human podcast with Nikki Clinch. I will see you next week.